Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who, at this point in the year, with no hockey and no hoodies, go something something. I think we gotta reach out to, to Alba and have him make some look it up music that we can put in. Like a oh, play on the Jeopardy yeah. music or some sort. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we gotta we gotta talk to Alba Alba more about the by the way, we have to get that. We have noting. to get game show music. Right, right. It's worth noting that Al did pick Jake Butt in last night's Crosshair uh, Hockey Fantasy Draft, which is, of course, the most staying on brand you can stay on brand. So shout out to the Butt. It was prime brand. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. And then picking a bunch of white running backs, which is also very fitting. Here's my question. I forget offhand, but who in our Broad Street Hockey uh, fantasy football league ended up getting the greatest rapper of all time, Cole Beasley. Oh, I th- I think it was Butt too. I believe Al Butt did pick Cole Beasley. I think so. He got he Cole Beasley of... and said, "Sorry, not sorry." I th- I think he did. I mean, it was definitely him or Kurt, but I think he got he got Beasley, he got Amendola, he got Christian McCaffrey, he got Rex Burkhead. Wow, he's really joining the United Hate of he... America. Yeah, he 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 nailed it all. I wish I could remember any of the other songs. I just remember those two. Percolating, <laughs> which I, I Percolate and I couldn't even figure out like it, the words just look so foreign to me or the word. Yeah. It's also just a weird way to talk about yourself when you're rapping. To say you're percolating. I don't know. Eight, we can't start with Cole Beasley again. We can't go back to back episodes talking about Cole Beasley. I am what I am. Shock value. My <laughs> no, baby. No, no, no. We got to Let's talk about... Well, you wanted to talk about your trip in Prism. I don't know why you told me to write down Prism in the notes. Well, it was up. You weren't in the Broad Street Hockey I, Slack when that came up. Oh, oh, okay. That was in reference to the old, like, what prior to what, or what is now, like, NBC Sports Philly, right? Kind of. Comcast Sports, but yeah, like way showed, back in the day. If it showed movies, too. Like if it was also <laughs> HBO <laughs> and your yeah, parents yeah. didn't want to shell out for it. What was it? Uh, like uh, PHL used to do that, right? And like WB used to do, it was mainly like TV shows and movies, but they'd carry like six fucking like Phillies or Flyers game a year. Something like that, or yeah. Or something like that, yeah. yeah. But unless like a, yeah. I think I, I just remember seeing an opening. There's some something on YouTube for like 1984 Flyers, like uh, Prism opening. And they kept talking about how Bobby Clark is almost retiring and Bill Barr was getting pretty old and all this kind of nonsense. Well, we, we had such a good Slack combo about it earlier because like Charlie made a good point where he said, this is why I became a big Flyers fan when I was eight instead of four. Because my parents <laughs> won't shell out for freaking Prism. 
I remember before, because Comcast Sportsnet came to Philly before it came to Washington. Right. And in, in Baltimore, like when I was growing up, we had home team sports, HTS. So if you ever see really old Phillies highlights or Wizards highlights or Caps highlights, in the top right corner, just big black letters is HTS. And it was just the goofiest, like most poorly run sports network ever. I feel like it was worse than Root. Because I know everybody made a big deal about how Root Sports was terrible in Pittsburgh. It is. Yeah, and I feel like HTS, like I was in first grade, and I'm like, this feels like a bad channel. (laughs) 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 I was picking out quality comments over a sports channel when I was like seven. So I, I doubt they were really killing it at their job. But that's, uh, if you want to see like Brady Anderson hitting dingers or Calvert and not missing a game, you'll probably see some HTS highlights in there. Oh, yeah. Remember. HTS. Yeah. Some hot HTS highlights. <laughs> Home team sports. Watch the Orioles get plowed again. <laughs> 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 yeah, the long-standing tradition of being bad at baseball. But that's not what we're talking about here today, Steve. We got a lot lined up on the plate on this August 30th episode of Fly Purple. Yeah, man. We got... We're talking hockey. We're talking more hockey. Then we're going to keep talking that hockey. We got Katori news. We got Simmons stuff. We got the Flyers pretty much being the definition of boring. Uh, we got Drew still getting dunked on because why not? How about uh, some Fortnite news? Yeah, we can touch on the Fortnite stuff because the OHL is buck wild and kind of dumb. Uh, and then lots of, uh, not lots, but some news about former Flyers. But yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you, why don't you yeah, tell people yeah, about your trip? Yeah, talk about my trip. Have you seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> yes, son. So yeah, last week I took a very nice little vacation to the Midwest. It was uh, uh, much needed. First, I have to say, much needed, uh, very relaxing, and uh, it was a good time. Spent half the week in Chicago. We went to, we saw Pearl Jam at Wrigley, and then we spent two days in Wisconsin at this uh, like adult summer camp thing that was a, a nice little setup, and we pretty much had the place to ourselves in perfect weather, and I got a million mosquito bites. Nice. Yeah. And I... And also, I I did pull, as my friends would say, a classic Steve when uh, Em and I canoed around this lake that was part of the camp. And as we're getting close to back to the original spot where we're going to get off and go drink some more beers and enjoy our day. uh, Em says, oh, why don't you get a picture of these like flags over here? It looks pretty cool. I turn and oh, yeah. And then as I turn. Yep, I tipped the canoe over. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going with it. I was going to say, I thought you dropped your phone in the, the lake. Or oh, the no, I, I I was smart enough to not bring my phone, but I did bring my decent camera, and now that camera is in a bag of rice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, at least you have a memory? Yeah, the, I saved the memory card. The memory card made it out unscathed. But... Oh, oh, okay, nice. Yeah, right. yeah, but uh fell right in that lake, and Really, the only thing I lost uh, was a pair of very, very cheap sunglasses. So, uh, not, not too bad, but yeah, I tipped that sucker over big time. <laughs> yeah, shit happens. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, it sounds like, uh, 
It's pretty uh, pretty good vacation. Real good vacation. Drank about a million beers, and I just wanted to talk about in Chicago. There was this really cool thing while I was walking around the city where they had a bunch of giant Chicago Wolves goalie helmets. I, I guess it was an art display or something, but it was really cool to just be walking around and see goalie helmet art on display in the middle of the that city. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Do you uh, you see the bean? Oh, yeah, you gotta see the bean. You gotta see the bean, bro. Eat some uh, deep dish pizza. I had some deep dish pizza. You know, more like a lasagna, if you will. <laughs> pizza talk. Pizza talk. Uh, I, I remember when I went to Chicago, it was... And this is gonna be a dumb thing to say about a city. It was really clean. Like, it, I just felt like... I don't know. When I go in Baltimore, Philly, I feel like there's uh, kind of like trash everywhere. No, you're 100% right about that. Chicago, it seems like the, the blocks on the sidewalk are all like pristine and nice and newish. And I'm kind of like, oh, this, is a, this is a weird feeling for a city. I feel like nobody's in the city. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing, though. There, there's a weird thing about Chicago, and I, I also noticed this in Boston, where they don't really have people living downtown, so uh, they can keep yeah. downtown cleaner. That is kind of true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting dichotomy there. But uh, overall, great Chicago trip, and I love that goalie helmet art on the street there. Like, I, I would find that amazing if Philly or really any other city did something like that. Yeah, that, no, that was pretty sweet. You said it was for the Chicago Wolves? Yeah, so, yeah, Wolves. W- wolves. 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 <laughs> Chicago Wolves. Chicago Tiny Puppies, a.k.a. the Wolves. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, and the the other thing was uh, one of there was a museum near our hotel that had uh, an S- an SNL experience, <laughs> uh, I guess exhibit or something. So, so Dan I, I, Aykroyd. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd was there. He was the t- tour guide. He made us drink some Crystal Skull. I was gonna say he kept talking about his fucking vodka. And he just... kept talking about his fucking vodka. He's very pushy about it. But uh, <laughs> listen, I finally got to stand behind the Turd Ferguson Jeopardy podium, and that, that's a life. Oh, nice! Right there. <laughs> Sit on the Wayne's World couch and get behind Turd Ferguson. I'm I'm good. <laughs> How many? I mean, Bill Bill Murray's yeah, Chicago too. Uh, was aren't the Belushi's from Chicago? I believe the Belushi's are from Chicago, and I know. I mean, there's a lot of Chicago comedy. Yeah. Second City produced a lot of SNL alumni. I'm not really sure why it was exactly there, but it was there on a day I was bored, and uh, it was perfect. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And now I'm back. And now you're back. And I'm sorry. <laughs> there's that. Now I'm back talking to you. <laughs> it's this. You went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, baby. Went from completely relaxed and tipping over canoes and drinking beers and <laughs> murdering fish with beer that I spilled in the lake because I fell into it and to talking to Craig about no hockey in August. Yeah, I mean, we can... I I shared it with you before the show, but I think my big news is I'm trying to correct my sleep cycle, so I'm kind of kind of wanting to die right now, man. Like, I'm not uh, pretty tired. This and, might be uh, the first time in flyperbole history where Craig is not determined... To keep me up as late as possible and oh, destroy no. my sleep. Oh no no no! I'm gonna risk getting sick and I'm gonna get really loopy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can extend this episode to maybe two hours. And I'm gonna Jesus. I'm gonna come. Kam- I'm gonna kamikaze this puppy. We're gonna talk about Sean Couture. There's really, I mean, you know, heads up. 
and I know everybody listening knows this. There's there's not much there's not much going on. I mean, the the biggest news was Wayne Simmons said, "What happens happens about his contract." That was the big, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, the big thing that we all assumed would be his approach and Hexall's approach to his upcoming season. You know and what that sounds like to me? That that sounds like he's out the door to me. That sounds like he, he's saying they better give me a contract right now or I'm going to be very upset and never forgive this team. Yeah, seems like he's turning his lunch pail for his walking boots and he wants to get on out of here. Whatever walking boots are, this is the type of episode we're going to have. <laughs> but yeah, that's... uh, I I don't even know what to make of it. I think... Well, Hextall also... Uh, Isaac put out an interview he had with Hextall and Ron Hextall in this situation said, quote, well, there's no update. There's really nothing to talk about for me to talk about publicly. The sentiments are the same. We like Simmer and we like to keep them, but I don't have anything new to report. And then Isaac followed up with, it is a short-term, short-term deal something you might be open to. And Hextall said, I'm not going to re- negotiate publicly. It doesn't do anybody any good. So Hextall being Hextall. And obviously we... I mean, it's just going to come down to what type of season he has. And I think he has to have, uh, I don't know. I really feel like it's one way or another. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be. He needs a 30 goal minimum season. But see, I think if he puts up a ton of points and goals, I think he's going to want a lot of money. And I don't know if the Flyers are going to have. Well, that that's what I'm saying for him to get the contract he wants. He's oh, going to have to get. Right, right, right. I think the Flyers might be able to lowball him if he gets like 25 goals or something like that. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully he just has one of those seasons where he actually does really well driving play and creating chances and getting in front of the net on the power play and producing chances. But he just doesn't put any of them home and has like a 15 goal season. I mean, I, I guess I'm torn on this one because I love Wayne Simmons. I want him to be a flyer forever, but at the same time, I don't want to pay Wayne Simmons what he's worth right now. It's not even a matter of worth because Wayne Simmons is a very difficult player to really gauge what he's worth because when that dude is amazing, amazing on the power play, he is an amazing heart and hustle and grit guy. You know, he's, he's one of those, like you, you joke about, those qualities in certain guys, but if yeah. anybody's the heart of the Philadelphia Flyers, it is Wayne Simmons without a doubt. But at the same time, he's not very good at five on five. Correct. He's pretty good defensively, I think. Right? Is that is that an accurate assessment? Yeah. He's got his moments. Yeah. He's not good defensively, so yeah. he's yeah. not good five on five. <laughs> he's not good at five on five. He's not great defensively. He's really just amazing on the power play amazing but can you really pay a guy who's just amazing on the power play uh six seven mil a season i i really don't think you can so i want the guy to get paid i want him to get as much money as he can because he's awesome one of the best guys in hockey but i don't think i want the flyers paying him anywhere near that kind of money yeah and i it becomes the the idea of paying for what he's done for paying what he's going to do. And also I, I'm, I don't think he's, I'm, I'm trying to think of I'll look up the numbers in a second. Uh, the next time you start talking, so I don't have to type on mic, but I think he has some of the worst like shot suppression numbers on the team. And usually, you know, the lines he's been on over the last few seasons, usually aren't the best at five on five. And 
yeah, what you just said is right. He usually thrives on the power play, and he really is one of the best net front presence on on the power play. And he, I mean, he's good there on at five on five too. His numbers aren't bad on five on five because of the offensive side. It's usually because he his line usually just hemorrhages shots against whenever he's out there. He seems to kind of struggle breaking up uh, opposing cycles and kind of you know stopping the flow in the defensive zone. But I, yeah, th- this is why it's always been weird. The situation is just a weird situation for large fans of BN because he's definitely a fan favorite, but you kind of know you can't give him the money he wants and keep everybody else. And I mean, if you're looking at guys like Provorov and Konechny and Patrick's going to need a deal coming yeah. up here, like not, not this, this summer, but soon. And some of the younger guys and everybody in the pipeline, I, Unfortunately, you're in a salary cap world. The Flyers of old would sign Wayne Simmons to whatever the hell he wanted, and I could easily yeah. say it's not my money. I don't give a shit, and he yeah. he he earned all of it because he's just the heart and soul of the team. But yeah. you can't pay heart and soul guys that kind of money anymore to Hello. be heart and soul guys. Yeah, and the thing, and the thing is too is he's gonna like he's a he's a power forward. He's taking a lot of abuse, and this year was evidence of that. And it, there's no guarantee he's going to return to what he was and it's probably more likely he's going to slow down from here on out and he can't I, I mean if he has another season like this past season which really wasn't that terrible he still had 24 goals but at the same time you know you could tell he wasn't his usual self and also all the injuries in the world uh, if he has another season like that I think it's going to I think he's going to have a hard time getting a reasonable contract after in the, in the summer of 2019. But, you know, this is all stuff. This, I mean, this is late August. This is all stuff we've been talking about for a while. It's just, he I mean, finally came out. It's something to talk about in late August. Yeah, that's, you know, obviously, I was, quote, wait, sorry. Do you want me to say that? Do the exact quote, and then I will give the take. <laughs> okay, so the exact quote was just, in regards to his contract, is whatever happens, happens. That's the way I look at it. I'm just going to come in and play the way I play the game and everything will be fine for me. So, I mean, it's a lot of, I I feel like this, this insinuating that he's just going to take the best deal possible, which is fine. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. And look, it's him kind of just saying, whatever. it's literally him saying whatever happens, happens. Uh, despite my hyperbolic statement from a, a few minutes ago of, you know, the sports radio take the extreme, Ah, this guy's selfish, blah, blah. Obviously, Wayne Simmons isn't selfish. And also, Wayne Simmons should try to get every penny he get he can get because when you're a professional athlete and you are a guy... It, it, look, NHL players, especially for professional athletes, get, you know, less than other guys, and they really take a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. And a guy like Simmons who fights, <laughs> he's putting himself at risk a lot, and... Wayne Simmons deserves every penny and he should go out and get it. Yeah. No, I, yeah. And side note, you, you did forget the end of his quote there. And I can't believe you did. The end of the quote was sorry, not sorry. Oh yeah. He said, cause I'm playing the United hate of America. We have got to stop doing Cole Beasley references. <laughs> I'm just percolating <laughs> out here and I got to get money for my baby. <laughs> Oh God, that's so golden! What a great it, record! It is complete golden shower. What? Um, 
Um, but that's, I mean, that's pretty much where we're at with Simmons. So best of luck to him. I mean, we got another season to do it. See what he does here. Hopefully. Yeah. We don't know how the season's going to turn out. Man. Yeah. I mean, I, there's still always a possibility of a hometown discount, but at the same time, I'm not really expecting that out of him. Not because he should well, go I get mean, his money. He, yeah, should, he should go get, get his, his money. money. It's that simple. Yeah. So somebody's going to, somebody's going to pay him a lot of money. Absolutely. No, he's really, a lot of teams like him a lot. Montreal's probably going to pay him a crap ton of money. As I said a few weeks ago, look at that Tom Wilson contract. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I I didn't really think much of that Tom Wilson contract at first in regards to Wayne Simmons. But, yeah, if you're going to pay Tom Wilson that much and Wayne Why Simmons, wouldn't you pay somebody who actually scores goals? Yeah, fills the same type of role and actually scores goals. So And isn't a human dump truck. Yeah. What, what, what? Uh, okay, so do let's uh, – I think the most interesting news since the last time I talked was the Sean Couturier entry. You're pronouncing that name wrong. Sean Couturier. 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 So Courtside got, he re-injured the same knee that he hurt in the playoffs last year. And when I say he hurt, I mean Rackley right, Gouda submarine during practice. And he did not tear the same ligament, but he just has a partial tear to the same knee. I believe is what it was. Let me pull up the story again. Story that Paul Kohler, new writer of Broad Street Hockey, put together for us. Ooh, nice plug for um, Paul. Nice yes. plug. Uh, he was playing the boot Paul, camp tournament. Paul, by the way, you fired. I'm sorry. Yeah. sorry <laughs> Quebec place. City. Yeah, welcome to the club. The boot camp tournament in Quebec City. Uh, and re-entered the nail on a non-contact play, which doesn't seem that great on a routine play. Um. And it's not a re-injury of his MLC MCL from last year. It's the same knee, different injury. Uh, and Hexall really want to go into more specifics about it. And my big question is, do we need to be concerned about Katori moving forward? Because I kind of am. I mean, if he's going to injure... First of all, just the fact he has another knee injury is pretty bad. Uh... I don't know if it's worse that it's a different part of his knee, the same knee that he hurt, or if it's good that he didn't re-tear the same thing. But non-contact play isn't really reassuring that everything's all right. And I'm kind of just nervous it's going to come up again at some point this season. Uh, and he's expected to come back late in the preseason. I think he's going to be ready for the start of the season. This just uh, in, Craig, not confident about Sean Couturier's career moving forward, thinks Flyers should trade him immediately. Full quote. Put it on the internet, let people go nuts. Racking those clicks, baby. <laughs> and this has been another edition of Craig Forsyth's bad takes. <laughs> Scorching hot take corner. And then just add some fire. If you could add fireworks sounds to that, that'd be great. Post edit, we'll do that. Uh... Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much my opinion on that. My my stance is I don't want Sean Couturier to get hurt. You know, uh, take it or leave it. That's my stance. Steve, sorry, not sorry, but <laughs> oh god, no, we've got to stop. <laughs> so, do you think he should take a little more time then, and maybe I don't know, sit out a few weeks in? the early goings of the season just to make sure that I that knee is fully healthy. I would want him to, uh, it would be pretty, it'd be kind of rough in the, 
the start of the season, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if, I think this path is him taking the extended amount of time he would need because it's usually four to six weeks, this type of injury, I believe. And that's what they suggested last year after when he got hurt in practice and then came back like a week later. So that that's why that was so crazy because he needed a better month off and he came back in a couple of days. But this is, uh, I, I think, four to six weeks was the projection. So I think near the end of preseason is going to be about five to six weeks. So I think this is him taking a long, the long route to fully recovering. But at the at the same time, it's just just more of his knee that is damaged and just more prone to being re-injured again. And, right. and obviously, thing, obviously in the sport of hockey, the knee is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, the first injury obviously couldn't control the second one. Ratko Gudis could though. Yeah. Ratko Gudis definitely could have. Badko Ayama. Racco had a Racco had one hell of a postseason. Yeah, just maybe the worst so, postseason. postseason for a Flyers defenseman. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, we're not doctors, or I, I'm not a doctor. And Steve, I love you, but I hope you're not a doctor. Are you a doctor? A doctor of love. Ooh, nice. The, the is that a kiss reference or no? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, making sure. Just crossing off the checklist. But, yeah, I mean, also, if you're a doctor, I hope you wouldn't be doing a hockey podcast. I feel like you could have better things to do. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Sean Couturier. I, I'm just worried about the knee. That's all. That's a, that's a big takeaway from this episode is I'm kind of – I'm more nervous about the knee than I think most people are just because, I, I mean – it's a thing that could end a career, but uh, I guess if nobody else is really freaking out about it, we'll just, uh, you know, we'll just go from there. I think what you are, what we call in the, the doctoring industry that I am so proficient in. The doctoring a, uh, industry. A nervous Nelly. And you <laughs> need to, to calm yourself. What would you, what would you give me that for that doc? If I was too nervous, uh, 10 shots of whiskey. Oh, all right. Now we're talking. That, that's a uh, whiskey Steve coming out. <laughs> bourbon Steve's here. Bourbon Steve. Bourbon Steve. I did have a shot of bourbon earlier. What? Oh, all right. Oh, I, I certainly hope you're not a doctor now. <laughs> I'm also a doctor of, of drinkology, mixology. Oh, Steve Tapper. Steve Tapper. Shut it down. Places I come dumb. in here. And the Flyers, they were just a dump. You got Andrew McDonald making five and a half million and dive everywhere. Will people buy tickets for this? doesn't have heart. He's not a leader. Shut it down. (laughs) Where are the goalies? How do you operate a donkey team without goalies? I'm upset. Oh man, John Taffer. That guy makes a boatload of money for just yelling at people working at a restaurant. It's fascinating. You're Amazing. The most mediocre team in sports. Ooh, we're gonna segue. I like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so the this Flyers is are literally the most mediocre team in sports, apparently. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run through how uh five thirty eight came to that conclusion. So apparently with science. They studied the last 50 years in sports and weighed 
each uh, across the four major sports, so NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Weighed teams winning slash points percentage, run slash point slash goal differential, run slash point slash goal per game versus average, and then on base and slugging slash passing and rushing yards slash true shooting and free throw percentages slash shots per game and shooting percentage versus average, and weighed them all out to figure out who were the most mediocre teams over the last 50 years. I don't remember what the other teams were, but in one paragraph, they said the most mediocre team over the last five years was our Philadelphia Flyers. And here, uh, quote, for fans seeking long-term mediocrity, Philadelphia Flyers might be a good option, having finished with between 39 and 42 wins in four of their last five seasons. And in the one season they didn't, they still racked up points in a league-leading 18 overtime losses, which could easily have turned into ties, a.k.a. the best possible outcome for fans of 500 play. Uh, according to our algorithm, no team in major pro sports has been more consistently mediocre over the past five seasons than the Flyers, although they narrowly edged out the NBA's Washington Wizards. This sounds right. I, I mean, if, it definitely feels right. Uh, last five years, so that would be... Is that starting from 2013-14? Yeah. Yeah, so that would be 2013-14, which was the infamous 1-7 and seven start where Drew didn't score for the first 15 games. Up till this season, and yeah, that feels about right. The only really truly terrible season in there was the, uh, the 2014-15 season where they finished... I don't remember this. They they had the seventh overall pick, and it was the the end of the Greg Ruby experiment. Uh, a lot of Nick Grossman. Good old chef. Yeah, good old chef. Uh, some Rob Zepp and Ray Emery uh, tandem action in there. Oh but, baby! Uh, it was it was not cool. Not a good time. And then they uh, rebounded, and made the playoffs, and then sixteen seven. Yeah, I mean it all. They were pretty mediocre. And I think it's just funny that, you know, because the Flyers are obviously pretty important to us, but you kind of, I look at other professional sports teams, and I'm, I'm always curious as to how people are like diehard fans of that team. But I mean, when you're being pretty mediocre, I guess it's kind of hard to root for a team, which I think this might play into the whole, I don't know, it, you know, there seems to be some kind of idea that Flyers fans are kind of lo- losing interest in the team. And maybe it 100% it's... plays into that because I was gonna people, say... are, people are used to... So you look <laughs> at the era just before uh, the one in question and the Flyers are making big, bold decisions and the Flyers have been pretty much making big, bold decisions like this since they had made the Eric Lindros trade. Yeah. Uh, they were always a team that went crazy and when Paul Holmgren came in, despite dealing with the salary cap and circumventing it every chance he got, they were still making big, bold, crazy moves. In fact, crazier moves than they had ever made previously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if you just look at... uh, So the five years before that would have been from the 2008-2009 to the the, the lockout-shortened season. And you just look at the crazy ups and downs of those those teams and the drastic things they did with moving players and the playoff series against the Penguins and the run to the Cup. Just, I mean, that was... That was was a very exciting time, very up and down time, I should say. It was a roller, co- roller coaster of uh, emotions going on there. But like the 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 being mundane is being middle of the pack each year. I think might play into 
why a lot of people aren't excited about the team and then why some people feel like the rebuild isn't really a rebuild. It's just kind of like a retooling on the fly that I guess they don't believe is going to work. I mean, it's, it's not as well. I wouldn't even call the, the Sixers process rebuild a, a sexy rebuild, but it's an attention getter. It's oh, yeah. a big drastic move. Whereas the flyers it, really all Ron Hextall has come in and just made boring, very competent for the most part, Dale Weiss excluded decisions where it's mostly just like, well, here's a good business decision. It's, it's like an accountant coming in and evaluating your finances and getting your finances in order by getting you to stop buying crazy crap. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Like, do you uh, remember when Oscar evaluated uh, Michael Scott's <laughs> finances on The Office and the I declare bankruptcy episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and like there's a part where Oscar is going through Michael's finances and he's like, so here is uh, I've broken down your finance or your spending. Here's like your necessary spending. Here is the stuff that you could, you know, cut down on. And here's the absolutely insane stuff like his magic kit and stuff like that. And <laughs> that's kind of how Ron Hextall is Oscar here where he's coming in and he's looking at, okay, so here's your absolutely insane Chris Pronger contract. And here's Nick Grossman. I'm going to trade these things to Arizona for a sensible Sam Gagne one-year contract left. And <laughs> with that, with, Gagne was part of that deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was. He definitely was. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. like It's just a lot of little moves like that. It's like, all right, I'm going to give you this bad contract. You give me this bad contract that's shorter. We'll figure it out. And it's all stuff that has gotten to the Flyers to the point where they've got enough salary cap room to sign these young guys they've been drafting throughout this process. It's not a sexy process. It's not an attention getting process, but God damn it. It's a process. I was just going to say, you brought the office and all I can think of is that the flyers are the Toby Flunderson of professional sports right now, <laughs> which is, I, I mean, you know, right there. Not, not doing too much. Kind of boring, but, uh, I mean, it depends on who you're asking. If it's, if it's Michael, they're the absolute worst. <laughs> Which, no, God! If you ask some of this fan base. <laughs> Please, God, no. 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 I just watched the episode last night of the, oh my God, the rabies awareness run. Where he <laughs> ate like a pound of fettuccine Alfredo and then he <laughs> drink water. Carb loading. Yeah. <laughs> threw up at the end. Oh, what a dumb show. Good show. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that's the Flyers are pretty uh pretty boring. Is the so so far this episode to recap, uh, your favorite players leaving, one of your other favorite players who is emerging as a star, uh, you should be worried about the uh stability of their career. And Craig thinks you should be extra worried. Yeah, and also the Flyers are a boring team. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. It's been pretty neat. Oh wait, wait, uh, it gets like better. That. It gets better because. Now we're going to complain about how the Flyers' true star doesn't get enough enough love on the national <laughs> level. Which you know. So, which one do you want to? Oh, we got to pull up the NHL right. We got to hold on. I'm going to talk about how the he's ranked as the seventh best winger according to the NHL Network. Seventh best winger, the guy who had the second most points in the league, the entire league, is the seventh best winger. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, 
60 is better. I honestly forget the six that are in front of him. I'm pulling it up right now. Because there are some names. I mean, I, I can I can maybe. I mean, if this is like overall and like potential, I can kind of get some of the names on here. Okay. So here are the six, uh, six in front of him. Nikita Kucherov. Fine. Sure. Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Sure. You bet. Uh, Taylor Hall. Nobody gave a shit about Taylor Hall before this past season, and Claude Drew had a better season. So shut, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I'm sorry, but fuck Taylor Hall. Well, Taylor Hall. Unless he becomes a flyer, by the way, and then you know, yeah, in which him. case, big fan. Uh, but he, I actually don't have an issue with Taylor Hall personally. But seriously, nobody gave a shit about Taylor Hall before this past season. So. I don't have a, I don't have an opinion about Taylor Hall personally, but business wise, you know, fucking Taylor Hall, man, the worst. Uh, but we're gonna, I'm gonna bring up Taylor Hall in a little bit here. Um, number four, Patrick Kane. Okay, maybe, but that seems to be more on past accomplishments. Number five, also, Brad Marchand. Uh, nah. Number six, Patrick Line. Hmm. Hmm. Well, certainly not in facial hair. Would you like to hear the people that are behind them? Kind of put this. Also, there's somebody on this. I keep seeing on these lists. I'm kind of confused why he's so low. But uh, number eight, Jamie Ben. Okay. Kind of get much lower than that on the list. You know what I'm saying there? Um, <laughs> number nine, Blake Wheeler. Yeah, Blake had a pretty good year. Yeah, very underrated. Uh, number 10, Artemi Panarin. And hopefully future flyer, Artemi Panarin. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, number 11, Vladimir Tarasenko. Number 12, Johnny Gaudreau. I feel like these are dudes... I, I, I saw... And we had a sports net. Honestly, if some of these guys were above Drew, I would understand it a little better. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like Tarasenko and Gaudreau, if they were higher up. But see, I don't have... I think I would put Kucherov and, and uh, Ovechkin above Drew. Sure. Easy. I'm still putting... I mean, I'm still probably going to put Kane above him. I think being in front of Marchand and Hall would both be acceptable jumps to me. Where I yeah, want to feel I, like a homer. And I just... <laughs> I want to go back to this, this Hall rant I just went on. I, <laughs> I actually... I really respect Taylor Hall. He's taking okay. back in, folks. Get ready. I, but I really respect Taylor Hall. <laughs> But I just don't understand why he was heads and tails a heart candidate over Claude Giroux this I, year when yeah. Claude Giroux had a better year. I know there's little less talent in New Jersey who Whoa. pretty much were right there with the Flyers in the standings. So pretty close. I, I just I don't understand the disparity there. I, I don't see why it's because he had... is that much more impressive and that much a sure thing MVP candidate than Drew. Yeah. I, I think that's bullshit. I, th- I think it's just because of the point disparity between him and his teammates. And, I mean, the Devils really – I think the Devils are going to suck this year. I don't I don't think the Devils are going to make the, the playoffs unless Taylor Hall does it again and Corey Schneider actually wins games this year and stays healthy. I just I, – I think they – I mean, they definitely got some bounces last year and their, their numbers weren't that great. And when you take Taylor Hall out of the equation, they're, they're far from a playoff team last year. I think that's what it was. I mean, Drew had a lot, not a ton more help, but he definitely had 
more pieces there, and people are going to look at Sean, Sean Couturier as the big help. Sure, but he had the second most points in the league, and he had the most points oh, in the yeah, league no, for that's... a guy who made the playoffs. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. I think I'm just. I'm going by the criteria that's out there, and yeah. I, it just it it baffles me. Like I, I get the argument there, but I, I think, think it's bullshitty. Taylor Hall to me is just a weird. He's a weird guy to break. First of all, I don't even know what the criteria for this list is. Is it? But anyway, yeah, who decided this? Like third the overall, I feel like third overall is kind of high for Hall. Like I think he should drop back, and I think there's a way he would drop back and also still be in front of. You know, I don't, I don't know if he should really be in front of Drew for winger. I like Taylor Hall is just so. My view on him is so skewed because of his time in Edmonton. Like I, like once these guys leave Edmonton, they just become. Be the animals they were supposed to be when they went were drafted by Edmonton. Like Jordan Everly had a monster season this past season too, and he was playing for the Islanders. So I'm kind of, you know, you get one year of that, and you kind of wonder, maybe what Taylor Hall is going to do next year, especially if, you know, if he repeats it, then if he repeats that success, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll eat a little think, bit of my words. I'll eat some crow. I think that's what I think that's what they're going based off of. And Brad, I mean. Brad Marchand's had a couple good years now, and I know he's playing with Perjuron and uh, Poshnex and Monster, but he, he's still he's doing. I mean, he's doing pretty good in terms of online number, and he put up like eighty-five points. Yeah, he put up a, a lot of points last year. Yeah, and, and Marchand's good. I just, I, I guess my my anger comes from the fact that I just think Drew doesn't get enough respect, and I don't understand why not. Yeah, I think a. <laughs> I'm going to say this, and I, I'm, I'm sure there are plays I'm not thinking of right now. So, Drew had 102 points. His biggest play, or his most notable play of the year is probably the fake between the legs, top shelf backhander against the Bruins, right? Like, towards the end of the year? Yeah. Did he have any other, like, really highlight real points? Not that it's a bad thing, but I just felt like he always had constant uh, point production and just produced night in and night out. But sometimes, he, I mean, he would be getting assists in a game and they weren't like the flashiest plays or just kind of he was hitting a wide-open guy and everything and just making like a great secondary pass. I don't know. Like, I feel like there weren't... I feel like there... He got 102 points and there weren't too many times where he was the main attraction that night uh, across the league just because he wasn't creating like the flashiest plays. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know if that's a bad opinion. I think that might be why some people aren't too hyped up on Drew. I, I really Taylor Hall making that many amazing plays night in, night out, like the highlight yeah. reel. Like I, I don't, I... I mean, I, yeah, no, that's fair. And I was also thinking of, Towards the end of the year, I was going to say Taylor Hall had some games where he put the team on his back, but Drew also had a hat trick in the final game of the season, and the Flyers needed to get in. He also had a goal against the Avalanche in a pretty big game late. He had that he had that pretty good game against the Bruins. I was just talking about. He had the game tying goal against the Islanders in that final week. Like he had, I don't know. Like it, there really is no reason. Yeah, I think you've talked me into it. I think Drew should be higher than Hall on this list. You're like, damn right. So, would you put him fourth then? 
like Kucherov and Ovechkin. I think Kucherov and Ovechkin. I think I'll keep Kane in front of him. I don't know if I really put. I think Line A would still go in front of Drew for me too. Just goes Line, line A's a, a borderline guy. Yeah. He's got a ridiculous shot. He's he's got a great yeah, shot. Puts a ton of goals yeah. up. It's horrible, horrible facial hair, but a great shot. Yeah, ridiculous. I think he shaved it off, so maybe. Thank God. Thank yeah, God. So I think he earned his spot to stay up there. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason. But yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, really, it's a difference, like one or two spots. Then it's not that big a deal. And again, I, who's these who's are all counting here? What, what ranking yeah. is this? <laughs> they just never twenty the top twenty wings. Yeah, exactly. This is just an arbitrary. I mean, we know we got we got to kill I some think, I think when you you put this together with the MVP odds, uh, not even really being like in there, it's just I don't understand it, and the the lack of respect nationally is it's frustrating and yeah. a little befuddling. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Just I, I don't know why. And then you see, these lists, you see these lists pop up sometimes from national reporters saying uh, points scored since like the last lockout because the NHL and we gauge things by lockouts, but or you know <laughs> in like X amount of, last X amount of years, right. Claude's and he's always up there. up there. It's like yeah, I for don't know while, what more you want. Yeah, for my favorite was I think from I think from 2010-2011 through 2016-17, Drew led the league in points. Not. There's no, there's nothing to need to add to that statement. Not like most points against Western Conference teams, most power play points, just most points. The idea of why you're playing the games to get goals and you have the most amount of interaction on those goals uh, throughout the league. And I feel like the big argument against that was, well, Sidney Crosby missed time and other players that are better than missed time. And it's like, well, I don't know if durability should be a knock on Claude Giroux. It's always been like a crazy thing to me that he's been able to stay healthy. And that's like a thing that somehow works against him. Like, you just imagine any other line of work where that was like a knock against you. Well, like, if you, if you went to your boss and you were like, hi, I've made the most amount of sales for our company over the last seven years. And your boss was like, yeah, but you've been here every single day. I was like, well, I, yeah. I, <laughs> is, that, is that bad? I don't get it. <laughs> But listen, if Todd was here every day, he might be making those. Like, it's a weird knock. Like, you know what? Your reliability sucks. I hate that you're reliable. Yeah. Like, I just, it, I don't know. Uh, but I, I just don't, good. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I think it's, I feel like he has lost a little bit of his flashiness. I really, I don't know if that's a something I really want. <laughs> I will not defend that point. I'm sure I'd like, I'm kind of I, now i'm sure he's had amazing plays around this yeah. past year well here's the thing i love some claude Giroux flashiness but if him being a little less flashy results in more points consistently every points. Year, yeah i'm fine with that I'm yeah absolutely that. yeah it's yeah because i think uh, i think he got a lot more love when he was younger and he used to do the ridiculous breakaways and the insane you know passes and thing you know crabber and goon things of that nature but i don't know if he he didn't do a ton of that this year, but he still made, you know, smart plays and a lot of consistent point production night in and night out. And I don't know if that really grabbed a lot of people's attentions. Like it, it, it felt kind of like a nationally, it felt like it was a quiet 100 points to everybody. Like Connor McDavid, everybody made a big deal about because he was going to put up over 100 points 
on a terrible Oilers team. And then Kucherov got talked about a lot because he was on fire to start the year and his contract was talked about a little bit too and everything. So Right, but Kucherov is the prime example also of being surrounded by talent. It's just, yeah. I, I don't know what you're like it feels like Claude Giroux is again being punished yeah, for I think uh playing with good playing with good players yeah, yeah, and no, also yeah. being consistent. Like his team made the playoffs. He scored a hundred points. Like I, Yeah. I what <laughs> I, no, I still get I, it. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Goddamn media. All right. Lame stream media strikes again. Lame stream media. Yeah. If I had a nickel. Where we got now? I I don't know. Yeah, we're doing it. Uh, it all doesn't matter in the end. He's going to put up another 105 point season. I get a heart nomination. It's all good. Not worried about it. I guess he's just got to score 100 points oh, again. Uh, MVP odds, uh, 25, one, uh, 25 to 1 odds. 12 players with better odds than him, but he has the same odds as Brad Marchand, Steven Stamkos, and Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, see, I think the big thing with him coming into this year is I don't think he's going to get 100 points again. But I don't think he's going to be far off. Like, he, his point production, I think, is definitely due to re- regress. And I, I, but I don't think it's going to regress a ton. I mean, look, it's by far the best season he's ever had point production wise. The, the closest he came before that was 93. So yeah, yeah, he, he he kicked the shit out of that. But, and also he had 30, I think he had 34, 34 goals. And he also just didn't take, he had a pretty high shooting percentage. I think he he shot 17%, which is pretty high. I mean, it's pretty high in general and also was pretty high in regard to his past seasons and his previous high was 14.8 there you go and i think he i think i think he took under he's got an he's got an average shooting percentage of 11.3 across his uh, nhl career i want to say he took under 200 shots this year too not sure that i'm gonna look that he took uh it looks like he took 193 there you go so i mean they get 34 goals and that is kind of it's gonna be hard to duplicate uh, and sure, so, I but think, again, you I also, still, I, I don't know though. I just, it might be that Sean Couturier effect though, that he, he gets, yeah, uh, I, I think he, I mean, I expect him to have another monster season. Well, I just, so what I was trying to argue is, uh, for the shot quality, right. he might be getting better quality shots though, because Couturier is opening those spaces for him. And yeah. So the thing, I guess we'll see. I was trying to, I was trying to think of a way to work this into an article I, I might be able to before the season. I was looking up, there's individual, you know, five on five, there's goals, individual goals for a player. And on Corsica, there's a stat called individual expected goals for. And, you know, I, I always try to expect the goals for stat in here all the time. And it's instead of just Corsi or like shot attempts for a team, it's takes in the shot quality. So, a backhand from the blue line isn't the same as a three-on-one chance that you one time a puck cross ice. You know, it, it, it takes those uh, things into account. And then individual expected goals for is just for that singular player. So I, was, I looked up each flyer that's going to be on the team next year and compared their, uh, compared their individual goals at 5-5 five and five and their individual expected goals for at 5-5 five and five last season. And Drew had the biggest difference on the team of how many goals he scored and how many goals he should have scored based on the individual expected goals for. So based on the quality of chances, he didn't have a ton, but he put up 21 goals at five on five. 
So in theory, if he put up that same, if he had the same quality amount of chances, he's just, he should fall back down to earth a little bit and maybe not get over double the amount of chances he got and maybe get, I don't know, like 14 or 15 goals at five and five. So it's not, it's not a gigantic drop. I just don't, like, I would still expect 85 points. Like, I would expect over a point per game. It's just, I don't know if he would put up over 100 points again. That's what I'm saying to you, my man. What say you? We're going to see. Uh, that's a good, all right. That's a fair counter argument. What do you think about the MVP odds? 12 players are better than him. I mean, I think he wasn't I, even considered this year, apparently, and he yeah, was second so, best point scorers. I already yeah, ranted so. on, but it, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a fair reaction. That was pretty much my thought too. Was I don't know, I don't know if he's going to do what he did this year next season, and if he wasn't getting love this year, I don't know what he's going to. He's got some pretty good company if he's with Stamkos and Tarasenko, though. Yeah, and Brad Marchand. I mean, <laughs> Tarasenko made Braden Chen look good. And we all know Braden Shem was lousy enough to trade straight up for your old Laterra. One for one, baby. Yeah, I mean, you got an all-star. They got an all-star on the score sheet. We got an all-star along the boards. So it all <laughs> equaled out in the end. I was hoping you'd finish that sentence, but I know those. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if you were just going for the, the slow cadence with it. I was it, just forgetting. Or... The, uh, yeah, that's, that's all good. Uh, so, yeah, Jeru. So, okay, uh, episode recap. Uh, four topics in. Uh, your favorite player is going to get uh, dealt, or he's going to walk at the end of the season. Uh, your new favorite player uh, is going to, you know, his career is on the fritz. Uh, the Flyers are boring. And the best player on the team gets no love uh, across the league. And now we're going to dip away from the Flyers for a little bit. So good night uh, and good hockey. Yeah, good night and good hockey. Uh, just pretty much, so McDavid. Speaking of McDavid, because we talked about McDavid a little bit, and we talked about Taylor Hall. Uh, it was news a couple of days ago that McDavid said he's going to try and make a point to sc- try and score more goals this year. What? So here is uh, his story with Sportsnet. Uh, quote, I've always said I want to score more. That's what I want to do. I want to find ways to score. I think I'm a good passer and can make plays and all that. But there's definitely a knack to putting the puck in the net that I seem to find a little bit later in the year last year, and I'm hoping to carry that into this year. So, a little update on Connor McDavid, uh, which was also shared in this article. He had 84 even strength points last season. So, I'm going to say that again. He had 84 even strength points. So, he was over a point-per-game player at even strength last year, not including the power play. Uh, And his 84 even strength points is more in a single season that Crosby has ever had, Ovechkin has ever had, Joe Thornton, or either of the Sedins, according to this article. And this guy, this guy right here, is saying that he needs to score more for his team. <laughs> to which I say, Peter Shirelli is still going to mess this up somehow. <laughs> somehow. Yeah, somehow. So that was, uh, I just found that, I don't know... I think he should just, you know, keep doing what he's doing. In my opinion. If he wants to try and better himself, even though he's the best in the game already, yeah, go for it. Uh, You're not in the same conference as my favorite hockey team, so go nuts. Yeah, yeah, lose your shit there, you big guy. 
Hey, maybe he's just looking around and saying, well, Chiarelli's not going to help me, so <laughs> I'm all I got, and I'm all I need. Oh, nice. Yeah, he is a big Eagles fan. Connor McDavid is a noted Eagles fan. Noted Eagles fan. Him and Mike Trout get together. and Yeah. It's pound ice cold beers. Talk about the Flyers. About uh, the Eagles. About the Eagles. Oh, sorry. Eagles and Flyers, maybe. Who knows? Well, the yeah, Flyers. They're, they're four for four, Philly. The Sports. Eagles are the Flyers of the NFL. All right, so the no sleep is catching up. <laughs> the, the Eagles are not the Flyers of the NHL because they won the Super Bowl. They beat Tom Brady. He dropped a pass. Nick Foles caught one. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Do you watch that riveting preseason game tonight? Oh, baby. Ooh, a 10 to 9 final. 10 to 9 final, last second touchdown. I was losing my shit. I was fist pumping. I was taking off my clothes. I was throwing stuff against walls. I was losing it. It was great. Uh, I was I was re-watching the second season of The Good Place on Netflix. Ooh, maybe more exciting. I was watching, uh, actually, I think Joe Callahan was in. Just tearing it up. I was going to say Christian. Who, who, uh, who is Joe, Joe Callahan? Callahan? I, I think that's his name, isn't it? Uh, he's, uh, I believe the fourth online quarterback for the Eagles right now. Yeah, Joe Callahan. I mean, he's no go. Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, well, yeah. Christian back and black Hackenberg. Really killing it out there. Had two picks tonight, and one of them was pretty cool. He, uh, I've learned, I didn't watch Christian Hackenberg at Penn State because I had, I don't You know. aren't? You aren't? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Penn State. Uh, he we're not <laughs> so have you ever seen a, a quarterback make good passes yeah I've seen that okay Carson so Wentz. visualize Nick the Foles. opposite visualize the opposite of that and that's what Christian Hackenberg was doing tonight oh, it's wide open dudes and he was just throwing them about three or four yards not not exaggerating threw them about three or four yards high ooh, ooh, I... oh. or or I could take this like I'm a WIP caller here and go Oh, so the opposite of Donovan McNabb, am I right? <laughs> I was going to say, I had Primo's for lunch. I had a hoagie today for lunch. I'm pretty exhausted right now. I think if you put some pads on me, I, I may have been able to go out there and do what Christian Hackenberg did. <laughs> Not to mock his athletic capabilities, but I'm mocking his athletic Capability. Who cares? He's like the fifth guy here. He's not going to be here. He's so. not going to be here. It, it yeah. doesn't matter. I drafted like you said, fantasy team. <laughs> like you said, WFP it up. He is better than Donovan. Better than Donovan. Worst For some player. reason, I think that. Maybe the worst person in the history of Philadelphia. <laughs> and that includes murderers. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Let's talk about uh, Carlson and Patchy Reddy rumors here. Carlson, the big thing is that uh, came out that uh, talks were picking up again and that Vancouver apparently was showing interest, but I, I think Carlson... <laughs> Vancouver! Yeah, I think... <laughs> that's good. That's that's rich. Well, my thing is just, what would Vancouver give them that wouldn't hurt? Obviously, the, the Canucks are a team of the future. Not like they're going to be the best team in the future. I'm saying, like, they have... Their whole thing is they have some pretty high-end prospects. They suck a lot right now. They're going to probably suck a lot next year. They need to keep their prospects if they want want any chance of becoming respectable again. If you're going to get Carlson, what are you going to give them? Like you're you're going to have to give them those high end prospects. So you would trade the only good thing you have about your franchise to get a defenseman and put him on a team behind like fucking Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel. 
and not the Sedins. So why why would you even trade for Carlson? Right. Like Goodbye. you could actually hundred percent justify a Flyers trade for Carlson because I'm gonna get oh, those yeah. those coals a going. But I actually <laughs> don't want to get those coals a going because it's not gonna happen. Shutting it down. Shut yeah. it down. But shut it down. <laughs> you you can't justify it for Vancouver. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean there aren't too many teams that would make sense to get Carlson, but yeah, Vancouver is definitely one of them. I could even like I could even hear an argument for Buffalo. Sure. Uh, you like got Eichel. You have that exciting young player to build your franchise yeah, behind. Yeah. yeah. So, and like I like and yeah, the Canucks have uh, Quinn Hughes. They got Besser. They still have Demko coming up. They have they have a lot of high end guys that you want to just kind of keep and let things kind of develop for them. But you you know, if you were to get Carlson, you're gonna have to give up one or two of those guys probably. Or just a crap ton of first-round picks for a while, which if you're team rebuilding and looking a couple years down the line, that's not going to do you anything. Why, uh, isn't, why isn't Edmonton in on this? Because <laughs> this uh, seems like the perfect thing for Edmonton yeah. to jump in on. Yeah, if you have Connor McDavid yeah. and Eric Carlson, how are you yeah, stoppable right. by any right. measure? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I hear the stars are really in on them too. I'm not going to answer the Oilers thing. I mean, sure, really. So there's no explanation for it. But I think the stars are still the big. Uh, I think stars are still a big name that keeps getting linked back to Carlson. They're, but like, yeah, they're. I mean, the Oilers definitely should. Uh, the problem is, I mean, if you're trading Larson for Hall, and you're trading Strom for Everly, what is your skill assessment for a Carlson trade? Like, I feel like Shirelli would give them McDavid and more. Like, I, I don't know if it would be... I feel like it would just be a terrible... I, I don't even want... Yeah, Carlson trade to Hamilton for Oilers fans' sake. I just don't want to see it happen. It'd be pretty nasty. <laughs> like, I just feel like it would be a gross return. Uh, but, like, the Avalanche? I feel like the Avalanche should be a team that's in on them. Sure, they have an MVP caliber center in there and which by the way nathan mccannon if you want to talk about guys that got ranked really high after one year i love nathan mccannon i've been a big fan of him for a while and he had a monster season this year could have arguably won the mvp this year i don't think he's like the fifth best player in the league which is what sports not put him very good i I think he's very good he's he's i don't even is he a top 10 player i think he's definitely a top 20 I think I think an argument can be made that he's easily top ten, I guess. But it's just like he, I've seen places like he's fifth. I don't know. The fifth seems a little bit high. If they put him ten. I think I would have been fine with it. But it was you know he had one really really good year. He had an amazing year and still young. And I know the Avalanche didn't really surround him with talent, but uh, like yeah, he's been know. solid every year. But I mean, let's look at these point totals per year: sixty three. Yeah, yeah. 63 in 82, 38 in 64, 52 in 72, 53 in 82, 97 in 74. That's a yeah, drastic so, leap. Yeah, I'm like the other seasons, he was barely over a half point per game. So I, you know, to jump to fifth is that's one hell of a leap. But apparently, every, every person that's made a best 
players in the league list over the last month has decided to, to boost McKinnon pretty high up. I think McKinnon was up there for let's look at the NHL Network countdown again. I'm pretty sure he was up there for the, the centers as well. And yeah, a spot where he shouldn't have been at, but uh, who we're talking oh, we're talking about Carlson, right? Well, we can talk about Patriotti. I think the Patriotti news is the, the big one that happened now. Because uh, his his agent, Alan Walsh, came out and pretty much just dunked on the Canadians because the big, a lot of rumors running around in Montreal is that Patriotti doesn't want to be there. And that's why the Canadians don't want to sign him because they don't want to lock him up and then have him be unhappy and then, you know, get leveraged in a deal or something. And then Alan Walsh came out and said, in a couple, in a, uh, a pair of tweets said, Max Pacioretty has stated repeatedly that he loves Montreal and wants to remain in Montreal. To this date, he's never received any offer from Montreal. You can have three sources or ten sources. How many times does Max have to state that he wants to remain in Montreal long term? Obvious these quote-unquote sources are coming from the club. Max will always take the high road and repeats again. He is ready to sign an extension with Montreal in caps today. It was Montreal that traded Max to L.A. at the draft, and it was a done deal subject to Max signing an extension with L.A. So, uh, Alan Walsh not taking shit from anybody. And kind of kind of being a good agent right there, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But, and uh, if I was an agent and I had a client in Montreal, I'd want them as far away from Montreal as possible. <laughs> that team has just been a complete trash fire in the past few years. It's... Every year they seem to make a more inexplicable decision, another inexplicable decision, and just chip away more at that what looked like a promising core a few years ago. And, uh, dude, I want no part of the Montreal Canadiens moving forward. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. I... Although they had a, they have a better uh, prospect pool than the Flyers right now, right? Uh, oh, my God. Is that what happened on the Athletic? I, I, I actually, I'm not sure offhand. Okay. <laughs> well, that whole thing, I mean, we can talk about that too, because I don't know if that was a thing when Kerr was on, but I get, I get the ideology and how the Flyers prospect pool doesn't line up with that. So I'm not really that offended by it, but still, I think they're, I don't think there are 11 farm systems in the league there, but the Flyers, like I get, you know, because Corey Proman doesn't really, put a ton of stock in the goaltending prospects. And I mean, that wasn't just the thing he did with the Flyers. He put the the Caps 31st because their biggest guy is Ilya Samsonov, who... Montreal was ranked number six. Okay. Um, well, you know, uh, sure. I forget some of the... I'm blanking on... I mean, they got Kak and Niemi. They got... I don't even really know who their other um, prospects are right now. There we go. I'll pull them up. Well, I got the article right here. I mean, there's. Yeah, go ahead and rattle off the names. So... Uh, uh, Jesse Yalonen is the second oh, okay. ranked prospect. Uh, Ryan Poling. Okay, Ryan. He's good. Noah Yulson. Okay. Y- Yoni Iconen. All right. Uh, Caden Primo. Primo. Okay. Yeah, Primo. Keith Primo. Keith. Uh, Keith's kid. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Olofsson. Okay. I Alan mean, McShane, Josh Brook, Cole Thonstad. So, all these guys, I remember a bunch of guys from the 2017 draft, and they're like, uh, Yoni Eikonen. I remember I, I was a big fan of him last year, and I talked about him on the 
the draft corner. And I feel like th- those are guys that, because the thing with Prama is he doesn't value the goalies and it's more about having potentially high end guys in the draft class or your draft pool, I guess. And I guess he's going to value like pulling is supposed to be a guy that's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, Kate, I don't, I mean, Kate improved. Didn't he put like legit NHL player, borderline NHL player, yeah, yeah. He's what got, do you put for Primo? Uh, let's go. Let's go up to Keith Primo's kid. Because uh, that's Primo's a Primo's kid was legit NHL prospect. Okay, and that's a seventh round goalie. So then that kind of makes me question why they were so. Yeah, like that's the whole thing with the Flyers is Carter Hart. You know, because Provorov and Gossespierre and Sanheim and Konechny and Patrick are all in the NHL. And guys like Limblom and NAK and Ruby ever in the AHL, it, their prospects are all all a lot closer to, I guess, what they're going to be, and you get a more full picture of it. But a guy like Caden Primo, like that's a goalie that they that he has no idea about, and if he's going to knock Carter Hart for you know not being a sure thing either, I don't know if he can really. After Carter Hart had one of the most dominant seasons by a goaltender, one of the any most, level, most dominant OHL like careers, <laughs> just an insane string of seasons in the OHL. Yeah. So I'm not one to really get, even though I've already like yelled about a ranking. <laughs> Typically, I'm not. I don't get too upset about this rankings. Is what, but... This is what August is. I mean, I usually don't care either, but we got very little to work with here. I don't know, it's... Weird stuff going on, like yeah. just weird opinions. Yeah, I'm not taking naps. Uh, people are ranking Nathan McKinnon too high, in my opinion. It's just it's all over the place, man. I'm losing my mind. So, real quick on Patchy already. Uh, so, how do you feel about Patchy already? I, I'm just gonna quickly. I say, like, am a, I, I'm a I, fan of his. I wanted him to be one of the guys that, uh, you know, before the signing of JVR, I, was, I talked about Jeff Skinner because he was on the block possibly being somebody I thought the Flyers should trade for. And I feel like Max Pacioretty is just a better version of that. Uh, a winger that has a high volume of shots each season, puts a lot of goals in. And I think the last couple seasons, he's been kind of unlucky in terms of shooting percentage, but it's eventually going to correct itself. And I, I think if you give him some better uh, better supporting cast, it's going to produce even more. So he's, I, a guy, he's a guy that if the Flyers hadn't gotten Van Riemsdyk this past offseason, right. he's a guy I would have been interested in. Yeah, yeah, and I mean now it's kind of, kind of hard. my big thing is I'm worried that the the, the Penguins were rumored with Patrick for a while, and I don't know why they wouldn't be in on him now. And it, I I got a feeling that Patrick is not going to end his career as a Canadian, so we'll see about that. Well, but know, yeah. going back to the Penguins, thank God Jory Letera was here oh. to prevent the three peat. Oh yeah, dude, definitely. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, was, you're right. <laughs> His play of the year hurting someone. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true, actually. Uh, I mean, it's extremely had, true. <laughs> you know, he had all star along the boards and in the ER. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Claude Drew taking out uh, Carl Hagelin for that whole series, too. They had that Mondo hit in game six. So Flyers, Flyers did their part. Broad Street Bullies, IMO. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the Broad Street Bullies, these guys. All these guys. Uh, yeah, so that's it for random NHL stars news across the league. I do want to talk about, 
Yeah, so the two other big things I guess we could talk about right now are Haley Wickenheiser joins the Maple Leafs front office. Uh, he, she was named the assistant director of player development. Uh, she's one of the best Canadian hockey players uh, in Olympic history, I believe, uh, for you know women's hockey. And I think she had a 23-year career in the CWHL and playing uh, representing Canada internationally. Uh, it's a interesting move. It's definitely a progressive hiring and I, I'm happy to see it. I'm just kind of wondering how long do you think it's going to be before, uh, a woman is a head coach of an NHL team or is the GM of an NHL team? Because I mm. think it's still a pretty long while away. I mean, you have to take steps like this to get there. Yeah, it's a nice step, but the old boys club is not going to have it for a while. Yep. I mean, that's pretty much what it's going to come down to. There's too, many, there's too many old stick in the mud, Don Cherry types still out there. You know, yeah. Brian Burke types that are. I, I don't know. I'm throwing Brian Burke in here, but he just seems like an old nah, school he, guy. Yeah, he does. Oh, he is. Yeah, just, just that. Hey, Dale, Dale wanna, tell me what females. No, about hockey. You know, yeah. old school Canadian hockey. It's just that, that yelling asshole persona that just thinks about old school hits and being yeah. a man's game. And <laughs> I, there's no reason that it, a woman can't be a GM. There's absolutely no reason. It's insane. And it should happen soon. But it's I, it's, I think it's going to take a while because it, this is a sport that is just it. I don't know. It just does not embrace the future as much as it should in uh, nearly enough cases. Yeah. And it's going to be a thing, you know, there shouldn't be any reason why somebody should be neglect of position. If they're capable of succeeding at that position, shouldn't depend on gender, sex, whatever. How's she supposed to get a cigar and go into the clubhouse to (laughs) mingle with the other GMs and talk them down because she's just not as aggressive as a man. I feel like I feel like that's definitely going to be a big aspect, though, is the idea that like just players aren't going to respect them. Not not all of them, and there are definitely going to be like open-minded people, but they're still. It's a it's a sport. They're professional athletes. They're still going to be assholes that just aren't going to respect that said coach because they're female. Yeah, and I wonder how long it's going to take for that mindset to kind of change. I know the. Craig Popovich had a female assistant, Becky Hammonds, Becky Hamels. I, I forget her name, but I, I feel like, I mean, the NBA, I feel like might be knocking on that door pretty soon. Sure. The very sure. I mean, assistant coaches. That's. See, I thought we were talking GM and GM will probably happen first, but coach, I, I don't even know when the heck this will happen with the yeah, NHL. I, it, it might be. I I can't even fathom because the NHL is just such an yeah. old school, like tight lipped man's man game yeah. bullshit still going on. And I can't fathom when they're going to do this. The The NBA does seem a lot closer to something like that. I, I think the NBA is a lot closer than I think they're the closest team. I don't even know if I mean, I think football is hands down the furthest away. Football's got a, a few pe- a few women, I think, working. Well, they have, always, uh, it's always like derided in a really shitty way, and it, it's yeah. infuriating stuff. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, it, it's pretty 
it's pretty big news though you know yeah i i think it is and it's it's a nice step hopefully there can be more steps like this and uh men am i right yeah i think you nailed it swish splash county i think you got it uh another interesting news to where or kind of dumb in my opinion when you really think about it uh rick westhead at the sports network reported that Quote, an, an OHL team employee tells me some players have been advised to scrub Fortnite references from social media accounts. Some NHL teams consider the video game a major distraction slash obsession. Uh, my stance is, of course it is. But at the same time, who cares? Because I really got to get in on this Fortnite. It's a pretty cool game. But the thing is, is if, so if these kids are playing video games better than them being out i don't know drinking doing stupid shit i like to drinking and playing fortnite at 2 a.m think about that wise guy living the dream is what they're doing sounds like to me living living craig's life is what they're doing (laughs) not anymore i got the sleep pattern going (laughs) you said it wasn't going well Oh, it's it's I'm in hell right now. This is terrible. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even know how this episode's going because I'm sure I sailed out of it. But yeah, I mean, no, but I it's better than, you know, them being out and doing stupid shit. And I don't know, playing Fortnite instead of hazing or playing Fortnite instead of, you know, being peer pressure and doing other stupid shit. I feel like that's a better option. But. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, but uh, this is the world we live in. Where yeah, video games are going to become the problem. I, it all goes back to that report where you know who talked about you know what doing the thing with the... talking about Jeff Merrick. Yeah, <laughs> making it sound like a Jeff real Merrick. <laughs> Jeff Merrick and not and not the germ. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, Jeff Merrick and the germ. I said it. Yeah, I did. What do you mean? He didn't specifically say someone. Yeah, he. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Jeff Merrick. I love Jeff Merrick, but that was that was ridiculous. He because he whittled down to literally five guys. If you just go back and look at everything he said, and it's like I'm not going to say the name. It's like, well, yeah, chief, you already gave us every other major context clue. So it's definitely the germ. The germ. You need to get medicated. The germ. Uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much the the gist of the Fortnite news, and uh, and then I think they had like they were talking to Eric Branson about it, which first of all, who cares? And that that was pretty much it. It is a pretty addictive game if you get into the the flow of it, but at the same time, I feel like most video games are if you like that video game. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much the last couple of stories, you could just put the Owen Wilson wild tale. Him reading a newspaper, just going, oh, wow. Wow. And it just sums it up. Is it around <laughs> the league? Uh, you want to do a game? Oh, yeah, we can do a game. Yeah, we'll do the game and they'll do it around the league. So, I only have a couple questions because I, I put this together. I only have four questions. Put it together because I thought we'd have time to do it with Kurt. But of course, Kurt wouldn't shut the hell up, so we had to do it this week. Uh, four questions for you, Steve. Our game tonight is presented by Long John Silvers. Uh, technically, you're eating seafood. So, Steve, here's the first question. 
who <laughs> who has the most points for the Flyers all time as an undrafted player? Matt Reed. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Tim Kerr is seventh all time. God damn it. God damn it. 650 points. I'm a monster. I quit. Good night and good night. 50 goal seasons. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know. uh, Anyway, uh, question number two. So, over one. Doing coming out of the gates pretty strong. Uh, Number two, Joffrey Lupul's game seven overtime winner against the Caps in 2008 uh, was a power play goal. Can you name the capital who took the penalty or the flyer that drew the penalty? Mm, that's bonus points for absolutely nothing of compensation if you can name both of them. Jeez, that's a tough one. Uh, I I don't know, so I'm just gonna throw a guess out there. The flyer who took the penalty, I'm gonna go with uh, Sea Isle's own Jeff Carter. <laughs> I remember him getting belted with a pizza box. Oh, God, that is one of my favorite images of that. Yeah, because he got pedaled with the pizza box, and then when Mike Richards and Joffrey Looper were doing like their secret cool guy handshake near the glass, he got hit with the pizza box. I, I guess they were just handing out pizza boxes at the Ryzen Center that night. And they're like, hey, if we lose this game, just launch these puppies right at the ice. It's a Game 7 pizza party. <laughs> Are you pissed? Launch these pizza boxes directly at a pro athlete. I mean, is that better than useless glow bracelets i don't know i feel like uh, let's break we got time let's break this down a glow stick you can probably peg somebody with a glow stick better i feel like a piece of bracelets i am talking about the flyers bracelets the only like the circular bracelets yeah you know the bracelets the really yeah you can definitely you can wing that at somebody you can it's gonna you know it's gonna curve a little but a pizza box there's it's not as aerodynamic you're gonna you know you're gonna get some you have to push it through the draft well, of the throw and I everything. I think you have to treat it like a square Frisbee. Yeah, I think it's still going to – I think it's going to dip and dive worse than the bracelet, though. Oh, First sure. of all, Absolutely. we need to get this out of the way. Impressive throws from the folks, uh, you know, whoever threw it. Also, Jeff Carter wasn't hit with a – it was a beer bottle, was it not? I just remember the pizza box behind his back pressed against the glass. Okay, I think that's what I'm thinking of too. With uh, but he he also had a beer bottle thrown at him during an interview, and it was pretty bad because you could see the guy throwing it on the screen. It was Mike and, Richards. Uh, it went right over his shoulder. Well, huh, maybe <laughs> it went right over his shoulder too. And then Jeff Carter looked around like, "All right, everybody, let's take it easy here." Dry Island, baby, Dry Island. But yeah. Uh, okay, so my guess was Jeff Carter. Uh, yeah, what was that? I've given you enough time, right? Yeah, you took you said Jeff Carter, and then uh, just can you name any random cap from the 2018? You know, the only capital I remember is uh, Tvechkin. <laughs> so Tom Pody, ew, tripped R.J. Umberger. Ah, the Umberger, the Umberger. I I remember the penalty. I also remember it because Tom Pody also blatantly tripped. I think it was Tom Pody, blatantly tripped Sammy Kapanen about two minutes before that. And it was a worse trip. And you could tell the refs were thinking about it with this R.J. Umberger trip because when R.J. Umberger got tripped, there was about a full second before he could hear the whistle after the next capital grabbed it. 
And then Tom Bodie said something after the game about how the refs were on the flyer side and all this kind of crap. And I was like, well, Tom Bodie, you know, stop taking penalties is my stance. That's great. The, the refs I, on the flyer side. That's Bodie, never yeah. happened. Yeah. The, you know, the historic companionship between the flyers and the referees, how they always go side and side. It's like the Patriots and the NFL refs, you know, just always <laughs> on their side. So, uh, Steve, you're over two. Technically, over three. If you want to split hairs here, so um, I was just I'm aiming to go for all of them. You know, I think you could get these next two because they're a who has more uh, category. So, as a flyer, who has more pimps? Scott Hartnell, who played with the Flyers for seven seasons, or Wayne Simmons, who just completed his seventh season as a flyer. Mm. Uh, Hartnell, five hundred seventeen games. Simmons, five hundred twenty-two games. <clears throat> so this seems like a no-brainer but i'm gonna go i feel like you're trying to trick me here so i'm going with scott hartnell it is scott hartnell okay because i mean simmons has a good one because i'm thinking i'm sitting here thinking well simmons fights a decent amount but then you think scott hartnell took a lot of really fucking stupid penalties then you think about scott hartnell taking off his glove and throwing it at a dude on a breakaway and you're like you know what maybe he made some other bad decisions while he was on the flyers and let's uh, think about let's think about the fact that scott hartnell fell down enough that he started a charity based on it and <laughs> often when you fall down your stick is sprawling everywhere and you can very easily get a tripping penalty yeah i wish there were other historically dumb penalties that Scott Hartnell Hartnell took, but I think that the glove on a breakaway in the final seconds is, I mean, that that takes a kick. Nothing beats that. It's out there because it wasn't even, like the way he threw it too was not in a way that was going to impede anything. Like he just did that. I feel like he did that, and then he just went back to John Stevens. He's like, look, I tried. I don't know what you want. Like sarcastically, is the way he threw that glove. Not and like, then, yeah, I need to save this game. Kind of. Fashion. And then John Stevens bought him a cake. And then he bought him a cake. <laughs> oh my fucking god! John Stevens, uh, she cake, yeah. That's what she the, cake the Stevens. She cake yeah. Stevens. <laughs> you guys won one round in the playoffs. Here's a she cake. Something that feels like a pretty good trade off. What if you just like each round they won, they just got more cake. They get a, like a wedding cake if they win. <laughs> like yeah, like two thousand eight, they got the Flyers got two like gigantic birthday cakes. It, just it, random, like, the second time they... it was ice cream cake. That's <laughs> you guys won two rounds. We're upgrading to an ice cream cake. <laughs> oh god! Uh, and then another who has more pimps, uh, two all-time future Hall of Famers, in my opinion, uh, Donald Brashear. Or Zach Ronaldo. Donald Brashear, 270 games over four seasons. Zach Ronaldo, 223 games over four seasons. Uh, uh, oh, wait, by it... the way, real quick, real quick. Hartnell's 13th all time on the Flowers with 908 Pims. Simmons is 20th with 694. All right, continue. Sorry. Wow. By the way, Brashear and Ronaldo also have less penalty minutes than those two guys. I think the whole, you know, playing and having as many seasons may play into that, but. I digress. Right. Well, Please continue. The thing about this one is Brashear probably got more playing time than Ronaldo at mm. the end of the uh-huh. day because uh-huh. Ronaldo didn't play very much, but Ronaldo assessed a ton of penalty minutes whenever he was on the ice. 
Not to help you choose an answer, but Zach Bernardo did get 29 pounding minutes in four seconds of a game. Like, he played four seconds in a game, and he got 29 pounding minutes once. All right, continue. Well, Do you remember that game? uh, I think I do. Which one was that? It's against the Stars in 2013-14. I don't. I, I'm assuming he went out to Roussel because he freaked. He freaked out immediately, and he just hopped on the ice, grabbed his jersey, and started swinging. And the refs were like, "Wow, that was you're you're out of here." And he got. Uh, I think it was 29, maybe 27 minutes. You know what we're doing though. I'm looking it up, so I'll find it out for you. You keep thinking about that answer, big guy. And you tell All me right. if you're going for sure or Ronaldo. I'm going Ronaldo. I know, bro. I know, bro. Well, obviously, you don't know, bro, because Bashir had more. Ah. Boom! Uh, Bashir was 22nd with 648 pims. Ronaldo was 33rd with 572, which is fascinating that Bashir had. Well, it's not really fascinating. It's just Ronaldo did do a a lot of dumb shit, and I thought he would have had more. But turns out, you know, they didn't. So, uh. And Zach Bernard is still in the NHL. So it's just a thing that I not, cannot. I don't think I'm ready to like it, honestly. Why David Poyle did that. Yeah, by the way, I did go to Zach Bernard's first NHL game, which, uh, not not to brag, but, you know, I've seen hockey games live. He, it was the, I think it was game five against the Sabres. Yeah, he wore number 61. If only I knew it was, was starting up back then. Man. Only, only eight away from nice. Yeah, I only eat away from nice. Yeah, I'm still oh, 27. 27 pounding minutes, uh, four seconds of ice time against these stars, December 7th, 2013. Because he went after, that's part of the podcast when we're looking up stuff. Uh, it doesn't say. Damn. But he got a game misconduct, a fighting major, and an instigator, and uh, then like a, a 10 minutes. 10-minute misconduct overall. And the Flyers actually took a lead in that period, but then they lost 5-1. to Probably because they were missing Ronaldo, if we're being honest here. So, Steve, a pretty rough night on the game in front. Uh, You know, you could have done better. But at the same time, you technically could have done worse. Not much worse, because you didn't do great. But, uh, you know, just... uh, Keep that in mind for next time when I don't give you any criteria what the game is and I expect you to know random shit about the Flyers. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm only disappointed about Tim Kerr. <laughs> the Tim Kerr one, I don't even know. See, I don't know if I could have even walked myself into the conclusion that it was Tim Kerr. I like some of the older, I, the older guys, I have no idea where they were drafted. Like Bill right. Barber. Do you know where Bill Barber was drafted? Like what selection? No. The only the only I, older I, I flyer I seventh overall and uh, Rick McLeish was like fourth, but like I would not know. I only know these things because I looked it up for this question. Like I randomly thought of this question. The only flyer, the only older flyer I know where they were drafted is Clark, just because he was a second rounder because of his diabetes. Yeah, diabetes. Yep, from Flimflon. <laughs> Flimflon, Manitoba. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, some pretty key things I remember about Bobby Clark. Billy Clement, Billy Clement went first in that draft, and now he 
gives the craziest, weirdest commentary on the Flyers possible, and I love him for it. Yeah, yeah, he 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 he's got some opinions about hockey, and I don't know if he needs to share them all, but he does, and uh, we'll reference some for a while. Uh, all right, so around the league. So speaking of 2008 Flyers, uh, Scotty Elfshaw is signing a PTO with the Oilers. And he had 19 points in 63 games last year for the Blues. He has uh, he spent the last three seasons with the Blues. Hasn't had 20 points or more in a season since 2013-14. Oh, so, boy. Uh, Scotty Upshaw not killing it lately. What's your favorite Scotty Upshaw moment with the Flyers? I have a few I can think of. I can't think of any off the top of my head. All right. He had he had that uh, he had that ridiculous overtime goal against the Bruins. I think like right after he got traded here. Um, and then I remember he had a goal. The Flyers had a comeback against the Hurricanes when we were down five to one. I think he had the game time goal in that. And then I remember him scoring a goal against the Canadians in two thousand eight, in like game three. And then he also got his ass kicked by Tyler Kennedy. That postseason, so that's uh, not a good memory for Scotty Upshaw, but no, no, nah. Tyler Kennedy uh, being one of my all-time least favorite Penguins. Yeah, looks like a pick. Uh, speaking of unpleasant playoff memories, uh, Ryan Parent was named an assistant coach with the Binghamton Senators. <laughs> who you're never going to guess it are the Ottawa Senators AHL affiliate. Uh, it's his first ever coaching gig. Wow. So good luck to Ryan Parent. Uh, I hope he's not t- coaching defense. But we'll find out. Uh, for- <laughs> He's coaching the power play. He's coaching please, the power play. Please, coach. Uh, be like a hydration coach. Or, He's a know, goaltending uh, coach. <laughs> yeah, a crease monitoring coach. Like, just not, just, I hope it's not defense. That's all. Uh, Troy Brower, speaking of the 2010 postseason, a lot of terrible segues in there. Troy Brower signs a one year deal with the Florida Panthers. He had 22 points last year in 76 games. Hasn't been good for a while. Last time he had 20 goals was in 2014-15 with the Capitals. Uh, Dustin Tokarski signs with the Rangers. Former Phantom had a 9-15 save percentage in 39 games last season. Uh, Jacob Yurebeck, I hope that's how you say his name. If it's not, it doesn't really matter. He's not going to play a lot. Uh, signs with the Edmonton Oilers. He was traded to the Caps at the around the deadline last year from the Canadians. I don't think he played at all in the postseason. Uh, Emerson Edom uh, signed a PTO with the Kings. He had played in 16 games last year for the Tucson Roadrunners in the OHL, who are the Arizona Coyotes affiliate. And then he played five games with HC Lugano in the NLA, which is the top Swiss league. Uh, Steve, do you know the famous Sean Gentili tweet about Emerson Edom? I do not. A few hours after Emerson Edom, Emerson Poopum. That is the tweet, and it's uh, it's pretty good. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, okay, Cisco. Well, you know, what I always like to say about eat them is if you can't eat them, join them. <sighs> okay, so Jim Corsi joins the Blue Jackets. <laughs> uh, this is nerd stuff. Next. Nerd! Uh, yeah, that's all. Um, and then Brodor left the St. Louis Blues oh! rejoined the Devils as the VP of Business Development. Oh, also the VP of Pies and hitting on his <laughs> sister-in-law. I was going to say, there's a joke about 
leaving somebody and rejoining. So I, I don't know. It's in there. You guys figure out the joke. You know what I'm going for. Do the math. Yeah, you, you figure it out. You guys are smart. Uh, Randy Lee resigns uh, as uh, I think he was assistant general manager in Ottawa. Uh, if you remember correctly, Randy Lee was charged with sexual har- harassment back in May when he was at the NHL Combine for uh, he was harassing the bus driver going to the combine or something like that. Uh, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah that whole thing. Bus drivers. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. So that guy, that dude uh, resigned because of the harassment charges. Uh, and then Chandler Stevenson uh, took the Stanley Cup home to uh, his hometown of Humboldt, which of course had the, the Humboldt Broncos uh, tragedy. You know, not really NHL news, but thought it. No, that's great. You know, something, that's... Yeah, something good yeah. to... Well, well, good news on this episode after the Randy Lee uh, news. And then uh, the Devils have shared their Heritage jersey, which I guess they're going to be playing something called the Heritage game or something. I don't know. Uh, but it's a pretty dope jersey. Is it? And I put a link in there. I, I mean, I like the green. I like the lighter green in their jerseys rather than the... Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've never quite gotten... The love for the Christmas colored Devils jersey. I, I I've always found it a little weird. I, like, why are you going not, Christmas colors? Oh yeah, no, that's that's a fair uh, complaint. I'm I'm not saying they're amazing jerseys. I think they are better than the ones they currently have. Don't, don't look at me. I I didn't say they're amazing jerseys. <laughs> Bob said well, they're an amazing I, jersey. Yeah, <laughs> they they were. I'm just I just brought them up because I put them in the outline to talk about how good of a jersey it was. I'm not saying they're good, you know? So let's not jump to conclusions here. You're you know asshole. what I mean? I'm tired, man. That's what I am. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You know what? I, I think we're going to, yeah. Wait, how, wrap how long? This stuff up. Wait, 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 wait. We're not wait, going wait, to two hours. We're not making it. What are we at right now? It's none of your business. Steve? Steven? Don't make me do this. I'm not good. So, yeah. I will look up the plus minus leaders <laughs> if you don't tell me what time we're at. look up the plus minus leaders. I am tired. I'm we're, we're over an hour and a half. Okay. Keep this puppy go. Oh, it is. Okay, big guy. Up. Yeah. Okay, big red. Right, if I look at it tomorrow and it says an hour and 27 minutes, I'm going to figure out where you live or where you work. And then we're going to call you and tell you I'm upset. I think I've given you sufficient evidence of both of, the, both of these things, but okay. Oh, God, you have. You know, you have. The thing is, I don't listen to people. You I'm don't. Like, I forget stuff. Shit. I'm just probably going to sleep anyway. I know it's good. good. We're going to well, get down to it. If you want to at Craig with any sleep tips, the best place is on Twitter at Sports Are Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then usually I don't, you know, Usually my articles or whatever, but I did want to plug that I uh, August thirtieth is a pretty big day for me, I guess, because uh, seven years ago today my father passed away, and I usually write, you know, things based on statistics or analyzing the game, but I think the article I wrote about my dad is probably the best thing I've ever written uh, because it shares a lot of emotion, I guess. And just, I wanted to write something that I hope people can relate to. Yeah, and man, it's, it's a great I piece. It, and... 
I wrote it like years ago when we were both at Flyers Faithful and I had a lot less of a following, so I don't know how many people saw it, but thought I'd share it again now that, uh, you know, on a little bigger platform. And I think it was five years ago that I shared it. So, uh, yeah, I just, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, please check it out. And a lot of people that listen regularly have already reached out to me and, you know, so it was a great piece and everything. And I want to say thanks for that. And thanks for, you know, always listening and reaching out to us. If you regularly reach out. Yeah. It, it's yeah. a great piece, Craig, and, and please go out and read it. It's, uh, Craig's bearing a little bit of his soul here, and it's uh, it's a it's an awesome thing, and uh, I thank you for sharing yeah, that you. with everybody, Craig. Yeah, thanks. I, yeah, I you know I we are all pretty big fans of the Flyers. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a diehard fan, and I know there's a reason why you got to that point. And I just thought I'd share mine, and I know I'm not alone in my path to getting to that point. So I just hope that everybody kind of you know, can relate to it and, uh, and it just enjoys a nice, uh, I guess, deep read in late August to get ready for the hockey season. So good stuff, yeah, thanks. Man. Thanks for the words. Good stuff. Kind words. Yeah, kind words. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely check that out though. When you get a chance, it's a, uh, it's a hundred percent worth it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, if again, if you have any comments for Craig, best places on Twitter at Sports Are Bad. If you have any comments for me, best places on Twitter at Flyperbole or at Esteban. Uh, be sure to follow BSH Radio as well as Broad Street Hockey. And that's uh, that's all we got, guys. Uh, August hockey, and you know we're, we're still going way too long about August <laughs> hockey. So that's that's a sign right there. Uh, I think we, the good news. The good news, I will say, is this, I think this is going to be our last episode where there is nothing to talk, like no major news things to kind of break down, I guess. I think like next ep- more get into more trouble when there's nothing. Yeah we, yeah, we do. And usually it goes off the rails pretty bad, but we usually need, we need some games. Uh, you know, we need some bigger news stories around the league. We need some concerns about players producing uh, like the uh, some of the stuff we talked about has already been kind of discussed many times like the Simmons stuff has already been talked about a ton uh, just you know Carlson being traded all that kind of stuff but uh, well, this is, uh yeah guess what sorry not sorry oh baby welcome to the United Hate of America <laughs> <laughs> folks thank you so much for listening and until next time as always good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Thank you.
Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Smart.